Welcome to Bardstown Church of God audio sermons. We hope that this teaching will bless you. Share with us how God is moving in your life and how this message impacts you by visiting us online at bardstowncog.com. Are you ready? It's time for the word. I want God to have his way. I'm going to tell you something. If the older I get, the more I realize there's some things that I used to put so much emphasis on and cared a lot about that it's not that important to me anymore. There's things that just will not make an eternal difference. We spend too much time on stuff that is not going to change one thing when it comes to eternity. Can I tell you the most important thing when it comes to eternity is know that your name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the most important thing. Sometimes in church, we can't worship unless it's our song. It never has been, never will be about your song. The song is about Him. The worship is about Him. It's nothing to do with us. Nothing. Can you worship God and give Him the goodest praise, the best praise you can give Him? Because He's worthy. Because He has no rival. He has no equal. There's not another one that ever died and rose again from the grave on His own. He and He alone is God. He don't need nothing, but He wants you. Isn't that amazing? He don't need nothing, but He wants you. God is God all by Himself. This morning, I want God to bless this rest of this time and this word. Would you join me in prayer right now? Father, we love you and we thank you. We believe that your Holy Spirit is going to move throughout this room today, this sanctuary. It's going to move across the airwaves to live stream, God. People are going to hear the word of the Lord. and People are going to be saved. And God, people are going to have hope today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you're going to do your work. Anoint my head with oil and my cup run over and the heads of these people in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. This this message is going to start with a video clip. So if you'll watch this and pay attention just for a moment, this is the way this will start today. When I die, I don't want flowers. I don't want tears, and I certainly don't want people flying from far away just to say goodbye. If you love me that much, what are you waiting for? Send me flowers now. Come and see me now. Please don't wait till I'm gone. Love me today. So what I'm going to be preaching about today is it's not enough to say I love you. That's where we're going to camp out. That's where we're going to spend our time today is in that statement that I just made, those two statements, it's our statement. It's not enough to say I love you. How many would agree with that? We all desire to be loved. 
After all, to be loved means that you have value. It means because you have value, you are wanted. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be valued. And because that we receive love, we never want to lose it. I love being loved. I don't want to ever lose being loved. To be valued, to be wanted, and someone who wants you to keep you is what you desire from your husband, your wife, your children. You want to be loved by your mom. You want to be loved by your dad. You want to be loved by your other siblings. We want our friends to love us. We want our church family to love us. We want everybody to love us. I believe everybody would agree with me that it's not always enough for someone to say, I love you. We want them to show us. Yes, we want them to prove their love to us. Listen, knowing love is more than words. Being loved is more than words. What does it look like? Love is spending time together. Through the hard times, staying together, creating memories. Love is putting someone else first. Love is forgiving one another. Love is going the extra mile. So I ask you this question, who loves you? Who loves you like that? Who's in your life? See, what I, what I just ask is painful for some people in this room. Some people that's going to watch by live stream. It's a painful question when I said, who loves you? Because you're not sure that you're on the receiving end of being loved. You're giving it, but you're not receiving it. The question is also painful for those who are watching by the way of live stream. Who loves you? Let me assure you that someone loves you. I got to tell you, someone loves you. Number one, God loves you. 1 John 4 and 8 said, God is love. He is the originator of love. He's the one that love starts with. And it is, in, it is his enduring attribute that he loves, listen to this, at all times. God's love for you is more than words that he would speak. His word, this, this is a love letter to all of humanity. And it's not just words. He proved his love for you when he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you. That whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. What greater love would a man have or anybody have than they would lay down their life for you? When you didn't deserve it, when you were lost and undone, but Jesus Christ died for you. Romans 5 and 8 said, But God commendeth his love toward us, that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? That God loved us in our mess. God loved us in all of our sins. God loved us in all of our unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, envy, strife, everything we did, drunkenness, every bed of defilement we laid in, every time we drunk ourselves silly, every time we drugged ourselves up, 
God loved us. Such were some of you, but now you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've been justified like you've never been a sinner. I thank God that I'm not a sinner. I'm a child of God today. He loved me. He loves me. Oh, how he loves us. Jesus gave his life that we could have life. And I know a lot of people say, well, I had a life before I met Jesus. How'd that work for you? When you think about the life before Jesus, think about it. What was your life like before Jesus? Some of y'all remember how that life was like before Jesus was in your life. It was brokenness. And some people say, well, I was a pretty good person. You probably need to go back and see if you're saved or not. Because there's none good, no, not one. Anything that we would speak of ourselves as if before we got saved that we were this and we were that. God's word said our righteousness, our right things that we thought we did is as filthy rags before God. There is only one holy, there is one righteous, and it is God. Come on, somebody. Amen. But, but our life, what was, listen, Jesus came and laid down his life so we could have life. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, said the thief, everybody say that, that devil. The thief cometh but to steal. Jesus said this, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have abundant life. I don't know what kind of life you're living, but I'm living the life of abundance. I'm living the dream that's out there on that church marquee. I'm living a blessed life. Somebody needs to know who you are. You're not the tail. You're the head. You are not beneath. You are above. You're not going down. You're about to hear the trumpet sound. When the dead in Christ shall rise first. And, and we're going to go meet Jesus and be with him forever. Somebody needs to hear this today. Jesus loved you enough to die for your sins. To give you a new life. And when you start living that new life, he's not through with you yet. Jesus' love continues with you every day. After becoming a believer, he's with you. As a believer, you will, you will often find yourself offending God. You will find yourself sinning against God. Falling short of His glory. Because you have your, your, your soul has been redeemed. Your, your, your spirit and, and, and that so much of you that's like God. But your, your flesh has not been redeemed. Your flesh has not changed. You, you're walking around still. I'm still Eddie Lanehart. Do you agree with that, David Crockett? Even though I've lost all my hair, this young man right here, he's known me ever since. I've had hair. I was young. Now he sees me old. But can I tell you, God has, in my life, I'm flesh. I look at you and you're flesh. At any moment, you could do something that would offend God. Any moment, you could do something to offend a brother or sister in Christ. All of a sudden, you would blurt out something that you never thought you would have blurted out. You, 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 might, you might curse somebody. I, you might, listen, I, I know it's, it's beyond a lot of people. And, and I, I, don't, 
I'm not going to boast in anything, but I'm going to tell you there's people that I never thought that would use God's name in vain, but it blurted out. I've heard people that when, when they hit their, their, their thumb or their finger with a, with a hammer, they blurted out some blaspheming stuff and some nastiness. But can I tell you, you know what that tells me? That doesn't tell me that they're not born again. It doesn't tell me that they're not saved. It just tells me they have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for their sin. And they are children of God. And 1 John 2 and 1 says, don't sin. But if you do sin, I got you covered. How many knows that Jesus is still working on you? God forgives us over and over again. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. God loves you so much, He loves spending time with you. I feel like I've got to say that maybe two or three times. God loves you so much that He enjoys spending time with you. Let me say it one more time. God loves you so much, He loves spending time with you. I just got to say it one more time. God loves you so much, He loves spending time with you. That's what love is. See, when you spend time with, with someone, that means you value them. You treasure them. You desire to just do anything in the world to create a memory. Listen, me and my wife come this June the 2nd. We'll be creating memories for 45 years. But I have a Jesus who died for, for me on a cross. And my memory started with him. My memory's at age 9. But friend, I want to tell you there's an eternity that awaits. That memory after memory after memory after memory after memory will be created. Until then, guess what? He said this to me and he said this to you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way even unto the end of the world. You come too late to tell me he don't want to spend time with you. He loves it. He said I'm not going to leave you. When you push me off I'm going to hang on. When you say I, you don't want to hear from me I'm going to speak to you again and again and again. God's speaking to somebody in this house. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Jesus has made many memories with us already. Remember when he saved you? Memory. When he healed you? When he protected you? When he provided for you? Jesus wants to begin making memories with, of this kind with some people who don't have these kind of memories. And because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he's sending his word to heal somebody today. He's telling somebody you've been broke, disgusted, and you don't have a hope. But he said, I've come to give you a hope. I've come to give you a future. I've come to give you what the world can't give you. It's my love that is unending, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will to create memories with you this leads me to ask everyone this question and it might be painful for you to answer it I'm not asking you to blurt it out loud do you love God do you love 
God. Remember, it's not enough to tell God, I love you. It's not enough. We've established that we want our husbands, our wife, our children, our, the people we come to church with to say, I love you. God loves to hear you say, I love thee. We sing about, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Many people say it. They sing it. They go through what appears to be a happy Loving relationship with God. But hear the words of Jesus. When he walked here on this earth. In Matthew 15 and 8. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth. And honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. A lot of that comes out of religious mouths. Can I tell you if there's anything that is affecting and infected the church is a religious spirit. It's about relationship. It's about being loved and loving God. It's a two-way street. Here's the test we must take. If we truly love God, it's not enough to say, Lord, I love you. God, I love you. It's more than words from our lips. As we want our spouses, our children, our dads and mothers to do more than say, I love you. God wants you to do more than tell him, I love you. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. God wants to be first. God desires to be first. What Jesus was speaking in Matthew 22, it was already spoken by God himself in the wilderness with the Israelites when he gave the Ten Commandments written down in stone in Exodus 20 and verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God is saying don't let anyone don't let anything come between me and you. I love you. I want your love. I want to be first in your life. You know somebody loves you when you're not coming in second, when you're not coming in third, and you're not coming in last place. Can I tell you, God comes first. When God comes first, nobody's left out. When God comes first, your wife will be the most important thing. She'll feel that, and your husband will, and your children will, and your church will we've got to get a love back for God so it'll make us be who we need to be Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33 he said seek ye first the kingdom of God the rule of God in your life and who he is in his righteousness you put me first and he said I'll give you everything you have need of everything shall be added unto you that you have need of John 14 and 15, Jesus said, if you love me. You ever, my wife, you, you remember, my wife sometimes, 
she'll say, if you love me. Have you ever heard that? If you love me. Okay, is, is she, is, is she, is this a trick question? See, I've lived long enough to know them trick questions, Jane. <laughs> yeah, you did. You have too, ain't you? You've been married long enough. Or does she really want to know? Is she just trying to manipulate me into something? But friend, I want to tell you, there's an honesty that comes from my, my wife's mouth so many times, and it's not really if you love me, but she's feeling left out. Can I tell you, God sometimes feels left out of your life. You've got time for everybody, everything else. Give to everything but God. Jesus said in John 14 and 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. What a novel idea. It's not enough words to, it's not enough to say I love you. Jesus said, show me. There's something even more telling when God, we say to God, I love you. He said, there's another test to this. If you say you love me, show me. It's not only showing me and putting me first, but the second part of this, God says, you'll love others. Wow. As God wants to be loved and placed first, he adds this commandment. Matthew 22, 37 through 40, going back to what Jesus said when he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And he says, and second is likened to this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hangs the commandments and the entire law. Everything to do with God hangs on loving him and loving your neighbor. Remember, love is spending time with those to whom you say you love. It's making memories. It's putting them first. It's forgiving them when they've hurt you. That's how you know you have the love of God. Listen to this forgiveness thing in 1 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 4. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. Do you love your neighbor? Or do you love God? That's what it really means. Love does not brag. There's been nothing more that's hindered more relationships than somebody bragging all the time. Love does not brag. It is not proud. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. Think of the little, the little Tanner girl. How rude. The two Michelles is what Micah called him when he was a little boy. He said, Dad, I want to watch the two Michelles, the two Michelles, the twins. You know. It is not rude. Oh, we need to check ourselves. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. Wow. 
It does not take into account of wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with truth when right and truth prevails. Love bears all things. Yes, it does. Regardless of what comes. Believes all things. Looking for the best in each other. Hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times. Endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades and it never ends. This kind of love, love for God, understanding the love of God, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Can I tell you right now, CNN, Fox News, Hollywood, sports, everything you turn to is trying to take the love of God out of the church, out of people's lives, taking it from your families. Judicial watches are doing it. Legislation is doing it. But can I tell you, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Love never fails. Love get, will get me to heaven. It saved me. It'll get you to heaven. It'll keep you through the hard times when you feel like you can't go on it will endure whatever and love will remain because God gave it to you this world can't take it away your love for others will be tested so forgiveness will be necessary listen to me it's what God is speaking today your love for others will be tested Okay, let's take a survey. How many's love is ever tested? Come on, get your hand up high. Raise it high to the sky. Raise your hands like you don't care. And you ain't scared. Come on, wave it. Survey says love is tested. So, unforg so forgiveness will be necessary. 1 Peter 4 and 8, above all. Above all, everybody say above all, have a fervent and unfailing love for one another. That's not just in this room. Eulene, I love you, honey. May God help us to maintain our unfailing love and fervent love for one another. Listen to this. Because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Some of y'all are waiting for your mate to change, waiting for your kids to change, waiting for this to change and that to change when God says it starts with you. And if you'll get yourself right, that's all you need. It's amazing how Someone changes and how a home changes when somebody just lives like this. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Peter came. Listen, your love will be tested. And Peter, Peter evidently knew what it was like to have his love tested. Brother Tim Hood. He said, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and forgive him and let it go? Up to seven times. Brother Bill, or isn't that something? 
Peter, it sounds like to me that he had this in him that was kind of like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself sound good. Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? That's, that sounds pretty good. Jesus answered him and said, I say unto you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. For all of those that hated multiplication when you was in the third or fourth grade, 70 times seven is 490 times. So all I have to do is forgive them 490 times and then I cannot forgive them. No, that's not what Jesus meant. Jesus is getting to him. Listen, if your brother sins against you, you forgive him over and over and over and over again. Is that what not God has done for you and me? We sin over and over again but he just keeps falling in love with us over and over again God does not keep score every time that you sin you go to Jesus and that's as if it never happened but we want to bring it up to our mates we want to bring it up to our children we want to bring it up to church members we want to get in the face of pastors we want to get in the face of people at work and say you did this this and this but if they've asked you to forgive them you need to let it go Let it go. Why, pastor? Matthew 6 and 14, Jesus said, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. Boy, that's good. Everybody say, that's good. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, if you do not forgive, Neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. Uh-oh, sound like gate trouble. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, by the time he finishes his Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew, time he gets through, he says, enter ye in at the straight gate. For straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And there be few that find it. Probably one of the biggest things that will keep people out of heaven is unforgiveness. Now don't, don't, I know some of y'all are thinking ahead. Let me help you. Unforgiveness often leads to hate. It's bitterness. It's living in a prison. You're not holding the person captive that you're not forgiving. You're the one living in your own prison. And you're allowing that person who has done what they've done and hurt you. I'm not saying you're not hurt, but they're living rent-free in your head every day. And you can't move on. You can't enjoy what's in front of you. Remember we said, the survey said, we've all been tested with unforgiveness. You without sin cast the first stone, so I'm not casting stones, but this is serious, folks. First John says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. God says, I want to be first. The test is, is put me first, but the second part of the test is, the second question is, do you love your neighbor?
If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can, how can, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Got a question for you. Do you love God? It's not enough to say it. Show it. Do you love God? What's your relationship with people? What's it like with that person that hurt you? Is it under the blood? Have you forgiven them? Some of us are waiting for somebody to come and ask us to forgive them. And when they do, I'll forgive them. You got to forgive people before they ever ask you to. It's for your own sake. Jesus showed us how to love. On the cross, when he was dying for our sins, play please. When he was on the cross dying for our sins and the sins of the world, what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sometimes people knows what they're doing. Sometimes people don't know what they're doing. Some people has a religious spirit and they think they're doing the right thing. But Jesus said, forgive them. Stephen, when he was the first Christian martyr that laid down his life, he, wouldn't you say he loved Jesus with all of his heart, his soul, and mind? And he showed that he loved his neighbor as himself. Because when they were stoning him, he was falling to his death. He was, he was showing his love to Jesus. He was falling down to his knees and ready to die. And he said, Father, before he died, lay not this sin to their charge. Stand with me. Do you love God? It's not enough to say, God, I love you. It's not enough to tell your wife, your children, your neighbors, your everybody, I love you. I had this girl from northern United States, from Massachusetts, when she first came into our church and family years ago. She said, boy, you, you southerners sure throw around that statement, I love you a lot. See, she wasn't buying into it. Because she was really taught, you don't say it unless you mean it. You can hang on to it. I'm not saying that all Southerners are that way. I'm just saying all Christians ought to be that way. Listen, listen to me. Love is not controlling. Love is not controlling. God loves you. He gives you the free will to choose whether you love Him back. He loves you even though you don't love Him. Wow. Isn't that something? You can't control who loves you and who don't because they have a free will. God makes it so difficult for you not to love Him. Can I get an amen? 
Brother Tim, you mentioned it. His mercies are new every morning. That's God's love, is mercy. Every day that you get up and you don't love God and you don't serve Him, and based on not just words, but your activity, the way you live, the way you don't have time for Him, God still loves you. His mercies are renewed every morning, but one morning is going to change everything. One day will change everything. If you keep going on and you don't love him back, he's not going to make you love him. He's not going to control you. He's, it's going to be your choice whether you love him and reciprocate that back to him. But one day you will perish and have eternal damnation. But right now he loves you. and he don't, He's showing his life and he don't want you to go to hell. In the same way you can't control who loves you and who don't. Listen to this last statement, two statements. God makes it difficult for you and I not to love him. So should we, shouldn't we make it difficult for people not to love us? We can't make them love us, but let's make it difficult for them not to love us. Make it hard on your wife. Make it hard on your husband. Make it hard on your kids. Make it hard on people at work. Make it difficult at school for people not to love you. Doesn't mean they're going to love you, but boy, they're going to have a hard time because you're praying for them. They don't even know it, but you're praying for them, so you start treating them different. I found out over the years that people that has done me wrong and it's been hard on me and they've said things about me, I find myself praying for them, and all of a sudden I'm viewing them in a whole different way. Let me ask you, do you love God? It's not enough to say it. So what, how are you, are you showing it? And do you love God? Then the second part is, how's it going with your neighbor? How's it going with people? Where do you stand? Where do you stand? If Jesus would call you home or you would stand before the judgment of God what would he how would he find you altars are open let us pray saints sinners backsliders people that are hungry that needs God let us pray altars are open come this is our altar come all over the house let's pray we're starting to move out of their seats come all over the house yes come 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 as you are Come in your brokenness. Come in your desire for being loved. We pray that you were blessed by this message. For more information about Bardstown Church of God, please visit us online at bardstowncog.com. Have a great week.